Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll just tell you this. It, it's my honor to be here. It really is, and I'm not, I'm not saying that. I have the, the core values of my life um, boil down to three words, and, and it, it always leads with, with this, what I'm about to say, but it's my honor to be here, and I'll tell you why. Because the, the core values of my life are honor, honesty, and humility. I, if it was a bummer to be here, I, I wouldn't say it. But I also wouldn't say it's my honor to be here. Because this is, when I say that, it's not just something I say, it's who I endeavor to be. And, and that's what this is about. That's how this whole thing works. This, this whole thing works that, that we're talking it. And we're talking it. Man, I, let me just tell you something. I can talk a great game. I really can. I, I can, I, I, I'm going to take the next 20 or 25 minutes, and I, I'm going to talk you into this. I'm just telling you. It's how it's going to work. It, you're going to, you're going to, you're, and, and not because I'm selling it. It's because I'm sold. You should write that down. Because it's, we're not up here pitching something. We're not up here selling something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the, the internship of this church here for a minute. And not because I'm selling it, man, it's because I'm sold. And let me tell you, when you're sold, it's convincing. Does that make sense? See, I'm, 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 I'm not a shopper. I'm a buyer. Okay? If I need, if I need some boots, I, like, I, I bought these boots at a Red Wing store in Tulsa, and I knew what I wanted. I walked in. I said, size 12. He said, can I show you these? I said, no. I said, I want those in a size 12. Do you want to try them on? I said, no. If they're too small, I'll give them to my, to my son. If they're too big, I'll give them to Roger Walsh, who's an elder in the church. I just want a size 12. I had my credit card in my hand. I'm handing it to him. And he's going, man, you're making this too easy. And, he, and, and, and a, a, a guy, another salesman, came out with three boxes of other boots and said, here, we want you to look at these. I said, I don't want to look at those. I want to buy these. I'm not a shopper. I'm not a looker. I'm a buyer. It's how I, it, it's how I bought my Harley. It's how I bought, buy, bought my truck. It's how I bought my car. It's how I bought my house. Man, I came in to buy my house. There was an asking price on it. I offered $110,000 less than that. They, 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 they didn't respond for nine months. My realtor came in and said, man, pastor, We've got, to, we've got to make another offer. I said, well, who's this we? I want to know what part of this is your offer. And you know what? That isn't funny because that's how the world looks at it. They're wanting to be a part of your deal. But you know what? They're not going to take responsibility. That's why we're Christians. Sir, you got a handful back there, huh? So you got to take responsibility. That's all being a man is. you got to man up. You got to come to church, you got to sit up, you got to pay attention, you got to take notes once in a while because we're not going to rely on your memory because you got to be better. You're better than this. You really are. You know, I know that I know that it's like, well, dear God, that's that's that hurts. Yeah, yeah. I'm slightly overweight because to get fit, it's painful. <laughs> I get it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not here pointing out a speck in your eye because I know there's a log in mine. Hey, Red. But you know something? You've got you to look at life differently. 
And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. You need to look at life differently, okay? It's time for you not to, you don't have to be shoppers anymore. You're believers in Jesus. We're not shopping this anymore. Because, see, here's how we approach it. Here's, 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 here's what's funny. This is what, you're going to laugh at this. There are two naked people running through a garden is how this all started. It's like, what? There's seven, I told you, there's seven billion people on the planet. And it started with two little dancers and frolicking through these, the, the, and it's like, what? No, there was a flood. Before that flood, there had never been rain. Never. And a guy built a boat. It's hilarious. And we're selling this. We're selling this two by two. God marched these in. It's like, what? Hey, hey, Noah, I got a request. Leave the mosquitoes behind, okay? How about that? How about, how about we don't eat all those spiders, okay? Maybe a couple of them to eat some other bugs, but maybe to feed the frogs. But, man, the rest of those, those brown recruits, those, those, those nasty girl spiders, those, what are those? those? Yeah. I don't want to turn this into a marriage seminar, but I'm just saying. Hey, you girls, you know girls don't scare me none. There isn't a girl in here that could beat me at anything. You know why? Because you're girls. We're not even in the word yet. But I'm just trying to get your attention. You're like, well, my God, I'll tell you, I can outrun that fat guy. No, no. <laughs> um, but, but here's what changed it all for me, because I, I wasn't a shopper. So Garden of Eden didn't matter to me. The flood did not matter to me. That, that, that drunk guy building an ark did not matter to me. Did not. You know, uh, and, and you know, Noah had a problem with that, and God used him. Just saying. Um, and, and, then, and then just everything else, all the Bible stories are like, now what? Um, but then Jesus came. And he, he, he was born a virgin birth. And you're like, yeah. I've been to health class. <laughs> that ain't happening. It's like, I don't know how it happened. It's like, mm. I think you do, because you made it happen. But a virgin birth, and then he grew up as a carpenter's son, and then and then he began to speak and teach in the synagogues and the temples, and he went he went toe to toe with the Pharisees, and 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 it bothered him. And then he and and then he, and then he gathered up some guys, and then he turned water into wine, and the wine was the best wine, and they it's like oh my gosh, these people saved the best for last. Who are these people? This is like the Ritz. It's it's five star treatment. And then, and then, and then he 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 began to gather his men, and he he taught them, and he man he showed them things that they couldn't have dreamt of. And man, he said, look, look, Peter, man, trust me. Well, if it is really you, Jesus, tell me, tell me to come on out and join you. And he said, man, come on. And Peter got out of the boat and stood on the water. And he's standing in the water. He's looking at Jesus, and then his senses caught up, and he looked around and began to sink, and Jesus had to save his life. Here's an experienced fisherman 
that gets out of the water, gets out of the boat onto the water. See, and all that stuff, and then you're like, okay, okay, are you kidding me about that? And I guess it could have happened. And then there's people that will say, well, you know, the parting of the Red Sea wasn't that big a deal. Pastor, it wasn't, because that water was only six inches deep. Oh, oh, good. Then the big deal was six inches of water drowned the entire Egyptian army. <laughs> I like that story better anyway. You know what I mean? Man, the old movie, The Walls of Water, man, that's pretty cool. But they could do that at SeaWorld. I, I like the one where a puddle drowned an army. You with me on that? I could definitely outrun you, I'll tell you right now. But... But then something happened. Then Jesus, who was innocent, who, do you understand, the ruler, not just the sheriff, the ruler, comes to Jesus and said, listen, my wife had a dream. She warned me not to mess with you. This isn't going to end up well for me. So you know what I want to do? I want to give you an opportunity And he turns to Jesus and he says, do you call yourself the king of the Jews? And then he goes like this, watch. Do you call call yourself the king of the Jews? You and I would have said no, because he didn't. But you know what Jesus said? I'm not going to answer you pertaining that matter. And he goes, are you crazy? I'm giving you an out. And see, that's when everything shifted. See, that's when the shift happened. See, the shift wasn't just when Jesus died on that cross and the veil was rent. The shift began to happen when Jesus had an out and didn't take it. And you know what? He said, I'm going to ask you again. Do you call yourself the king of the Jews? He said, I'm going to answer you again. I am not talking talking to you about that. You do what you got to do. And, and then they, they said, okay. And what did, he, what did he say? What did the ruler say? I washed my hands of this guy. Why? Because his wife ruled his house. He washed, it, he washed his hands of Jesus, and he said, let's leave it up to the people. And they let a convicted murderer off. And they crucified Jesus, and they watched him die. And, 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 and then they buried him. And they sealed his tomb and, and, and made it impenetrable. And then the tomb was empty. And he was alive again. He's walking with a couple of guys. <laughs> and, and, and when they realized it was him, one turns and said, you're an idiot. You're sharper. You're smarter than that. Didn't anything leap within you? You didn't realize who we were walking with? And this is a guy that didn't do it either. But he's blaming his buddy, which is what fellas do. Man, it wasn't me, honey. It was them. That's why I'm an hour and a half late. I couldn't find my key. But now I realize it was in my pocket. Because <laughs> some guys stay 13 years old. Um, but, then, but then Jesus came out of that tomb. And he introduced himself and made himself, made it very clear that who he was to me. And I was a sinner. It, was, it wasn't somebody that said, hey, come here, bro. Come here, give me a hug. Let's go cheek to cheek. Let's rub our whiskers together and let's embrace. And 
And, and, and I, man, I'm, I just want you to know God loves you. And so I do too because God does. Let's just hug. And I, it didn't, that didn't happen for me. That wouldn't have worked for me. It's not going to work today. I'm not kidding you. Fellas come up to me and say, man, come here. We don't, we, we don't, we don't shake hands. I say, yeah, we do. <laughs> Matter of fact, you stay at arm's distance. We'll pound. We'll act like we are. We'll go thumbs up, okay? We'll say, hey, thumbs up. We don't need to go cheek to cheek. We go thumbs up. But you know what? Then Jesus made himself real to me. And I was like, shoot. The instant, I can tell you the instant that Jesus made himself real to me, like it was, like it was yesterday, because I could have thrown up. It's the only experience I've ever had in my life like that. I didn't get weak need. I didn't almost, almost faint. I, I, I could have gotten, I could have. I restrained it. I could have been physically ill. See, a lot of guys go, man, Jesus made himself real to me. And the, there, was a, there was a gentle glow in the room, and there were angelic hosts fluttering all around, and it was just so amazing. That didn't happen to me. I'm on the wheel of my truck thinking, Shoot! but something else. <laughs> this Jesus stuff, but something else, is real. You're kidding me. It was, it was misery times a kajillion. But you know what? Once that happened, all that other stuff is very believable. See, that's how this works. Everything in the kingdom, and you need to write this down because you guys are 9 o'clock people. You're serious about this, right? Everything in the kingdom is about shifts. Everything is. There's a shift. God will cause, man, you'll praise him and he'll cause the prison in your life to quake. That's a shift. That's the plates of the earth shifting, okay? But, but I'm talking about spiritually now in our lives. The things in the kingdom are about a shift. And, and, and I believe this church here is, is in the process of a shift. So the man of God, the set man in this house, that, that is the messenger God sent. I didn't make this up. It's the, it's the, same, it's the same ideology in the old covenant there were angels that spoke to men of God and to people. And now in the new covenant, it's men who are those angels, those, those messengers that God uses. God uses men now. Man, if you're waiting, let me tell you what, I'll, I'll be a part of this church and a part of the ministry. I'll, I'll receive the call that's on my life. And man, I'll, I'll receive the training. I'll be an intern. All I need is a burning bush experience. Well, let me help you. There's never going to be another burning bush experience, ever. If you run in to a burning bush that's not being consumed, that is talking to you, it's not God. He's already done that. He's doing a new thing now. He uses men. I'm, I know I'm not as exciting. I know it's not as thrilling, but I'm your burning bush today. Get over it. Okay, so we look at this. It's a shift, and now it's vague. Now you're, looking at, now you're looking at life and you're thinking, okay, this is vague. Because you seem to have your act together. You seem like you're a detailed, organized person. You're probably black and white. You're probably, you're probably looking for me. You're waiting for me to make a point. Okay? Well, get, see what I mean? You're always right. You, I'll quit it. Everyone knows you. You're with people that know you. Okay. But... 
What was I talking about? What was I talking about? Okay, it's vague. Okay, and I know that. And you know what? That's because our, it, it doesn't operate by our senses. See, we're so adept at operating by how things feel, how things look, how things smell. We're, we're, we're so used to operating. Man, somebody can bring you some food, and, the, and you get the whiff of the aroma, and you're like, mm, I don't like that. <laughs> you haven't even tasted it. You haven't tried it yet. I know. It's green. <laughs> it's mushy. It doesn't smell like a Big Mac. <laughs> I'm 56. I'm going to go get a Big Mac. <laughs> okay? But the point is, is that, so we're ruled by our senses until this Jesus shift happens in our life. Until we realize this Jesus stuff's real. Now you're, now you're on the ride of your life. It's that shift. Okay? And here's what the shift is, because I, I have to talk to fellas here. Okay? It's important that fellas get this. The shift in your life right now as a church, it's in their lives right now. You guys got to be praying for them, praying for their boys, praying for these little attachment that goes with the boys. And, and <laughs> just happens, man. I got this guy following my daughter around. It's like, man, this kid, everybody comes to me, man, he is perfect. I'm like, really? How come that's not jiving here? Well, what's it? What? Man, he loves God. He coaches for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's like, I'm wearing Eagle stuff up at the camp. People go, man, you a big Eagles fan? No. He just sent me game gear. It's, it's all about the gear, I'm telling you right now. When you get to my age, you get. You going to play? No, I just want the gear. Um, but, uh, but the shift is this. And here's, I'm going to make it very simple for you. You just slide over to that left lane. That's as simple as this is. And you'll say, well, are you telling us to speed? Are you telling us to get in a hurry? No. I'm telling you to get free in your, in your life. See, in the right lane, you're subject to everyone who's merging in, everyone who's trying to exit, and all that stuff is just distracting. And you've got to be, be so aware of your surroundings and the people that are driving around you. And, and when, when we were young, they called, they called it to drive defensively, defensive driving. So all I'm thinking about is my favorite football player was Dick Butkus. So, man, I'll drive defensively, and I'm ramming folk. I'm, I'm, I'm running cars off the road. But, but listen, you, you have to understand that, that we're not living our life. We're not driving defensively as Christians now. The name's of God. Throw me out some names. He's our provider. He's our healer, Jehovah Rapha. But you know what he also is? He's our buckler and our shield. You know, you know what he is? The Bible says, put on the whole what? Armor of God. But you know what else he is? He's our rear guard. So now, the defense of my life isn't up to me anymore. What I've got to do is I've got to go on the offensive of my life. Man, if you're here and you're, you're not in the left lane, see, because God made you like a sponge. You come in and you're hard. Rock hard, man. Man, somebody could throw, throw you, and man, you'd, you'd, you'd put a dent in the block wall. But then you know what? The word starts softening you. The water of the word softens and refreshes, and you're like, oh my gosh, what does the word do? Man, the word, now I'm, my purpose is starting to come to life in me just because you're sitting under the word, like a sponge that's softened up, and it gets refreshed. 
And then, and then you know what? It keeps rinsing, and that foul odor goes out of it. And man, and it, it, you, you continue to. And then what do you have to do? You've got to squeeze it. See, some of you guys, there's people that aren't here. There's people that have come here, and they've come and they've said, "Oh, brother, I'm in for life." Man, you could count on me. And they're gone now. Do you know why that is? They got tired of this. It's this simple. That's it. See, you have to look at yourself. You're a sponge, and that's what you want to be. You want to get all of this you can, can you, that you can. But see, what happens is, is when that squeeze happens, you're like, okay, okay, I'm, 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 I'm a full-grown man. I can handle this. I got hair in my chin. This is, this is easy. I can do it. But then, but then the next thing, you go, okay, I've gone through the squeeze. And then you get up, and you want to tell everybody. And we call that a testimony. I want to give up, get up and give my testimony. Because, man, I weathered the squeeze. And then you know what happens? The water hits you again. And then what happens the next time? You get squeezed again. And you're like, what? Well, who are you? You're just a man. What do you, what do you think you're going to squeeze on me? What, how, are you kidding me? Who's squeezing you? That's what I want to know. No, people say to me, who are you accountable to? I said, are you out of your mind? Please. A, all these people that are looking at me dumbfounded like God's really doing something, number one. Number two, there's, there's, I, I live with three girls. I have a son. I have a son that comes up and says, whoa, whoa, dad, what did I hear about that meeting you just had? I said, what are you talking about? We're not doing that, dad. We're not, dad, you've got to get out, dad, please, you've got to get out of the way. Dad, this is crazy. So accountability when you get to this level, to that level, is everywhere. That's all it is. Man, I, I go to the movie house. Pastor, what are you going to go see? See, you get to go to the movie house. You watch whatever you want to. And no one knows. I go to the movie house. I'm telling you, and I'm not exaggerating, there's 10, 20, 100,000 people in Tulsa that know it within an hour. There's this new thing now. It's called the World Wide Web. It's called the internet. I have followers. It's crazy. Who are these people? And now I got followers, and their name is Amakamakaka. I'm like, who, who are these people that are following me? When, no, when we were cool, you and I, back in the 60s and 70s, remember those days? We were cool. When being people following you, you looked at them. You're like, what are you doing, man? What's up? Why are you following me? Now I have followers. It's like, it's psychoville for me. It's like, quit following me. So you know what I did? I have a Facebook page. Let me, let me burst your bubble. It's not me. It's someone on my staff who projects me. I've never seen it. I've never looked at it. So I come in and I, I hear this. I, I hear this guy says, hey, pastor, do you know someone named Pepper? Does anyone in here know anybody named Pepper? There's somebody named Pepper? Hold it. She might be the good news out of Pepper because the only Pepper I know is my cousin Pepper, and she's bad news. She's like some crack whore in, in, in rural Missouri, and I'm not just saying that to be mean. That's what she is. She'll Facebook me. Facebooks me. It's a public Facebook page. She is blood kin to me. 
and says, I know you got money. That's how it starts. I'm like, what? They said, do you know a pepper? I'm like, oh, dear God, this is not going to be good. And I could get all real with this if there wasn't a real pepper in here today. The good thing is she's sitting in the back by the door. She'd get out quick. But, but I said, so finally I heard enough of it. I said, I, I said what you would probably say, ma'am. I said, pull that Facebook thing down. I don't need it. And I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm with these hireling kind of minions that are in my life, you know, people I pay to do stuff that I don't care about. And, and, so, and so they're looking at me like this. I said, what part of pulling that page down don't you get? Pull it down. Like this, boom. And I guess it was down because in the next 20 minutes, I got 25 or 30 texts. What happened to your Facebook page? Why is your Facebook page down? What are you doing? I get this guy who's a le- legitimate social media genius. He gets it. I don't get it. Somebody asked me a question, I text him. I call him. He texts me. He said, what happened to your Facebook page? He, and, and he said, I know what happened. You told someone to take it down. Because he, he did his, within 20 minutes, he made three or four texts and found out what happened. He said, are you frustrated? I said, yes, I want that thing down. He said, oh, good. So the 20 fake Pastor Bill Shears get to speak for you now. I said, what? He said, oh, yeah. Here, let me read one of them. Please help me reach these orphans in Africa. And then it's got increments of money. I said, I don't ask for money. on. He said, no, you do now. I said, that's not me. Oh, yes, it is. Because you pulled that page down. So now they get to speak for you. So let me explain something to you. There's been a shift. I, I, I don't like it. I want, this, I want the 70s back. You know what I'm saying? I don't want the 60s back because the 60s, there were party lines. You picked up the phone, somebody's talking. It's like, hey, come on. I got ball practice. I, I need this guy to pick me up. You hang up. But, so I like the 70s better than the 60s. But... But wait, I should use this since everybody else is here. <laughs> but you know what? I don't want to be a dinosaur. I don't want to be extinct. And there's so many churches out there right now in this tri city area that are extinct. They're dead and they don't believe it, they're dead and nobody's told them. And you know what? I have people in my life to tell me when I'm walking into a, the abyss or when I'm, when I'm stepping into something that is really going to be contrary and I'm going to miss the shift. See, so what we have to do is we have to get in the left lane. Man, we got to make sure that, man, we're in the left lane and, 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 and all the things that happen, all the, all, the, all the congestion in the right lane isn't inhibiting us and isn't keeping us for being, for being in, the, in the flow that God has for us. Because everything in my life, everything in life is about a flow. So I'll think, I'll think about it, I'll think, you know what? Man, there's, there's a song that, 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 we, that our guys might sing. And you know what I'll do? I'll just, te- I'll just text my assistant and say, hey, I don't want to hear that song anymore. Used to be they'd say, well, why? Is it this? Is it this? It's like, it's probably in a minor key, and I hate music in minor keys, evidently. I don't know music. But when I say, hey, don't do that song, they say, well, I said, what key is that? It's in a minor key. Yeah. And I, so now it's like, don't do minor keys when, I'm, when, when it's my service anymore. 
It just, I don't know why. I don't know music. But you know what? It messes with my flow. Does that make sense? Man, somebody will come up and they'll, they'll, they'll do something. They'll think, man, this is, this is the best way to do it. It's like, except it jacks with my flow. See, my, my daughter is in college, and she'll leave the house, and I'll say, look, I need you to text me as soon as you get back to that dorm at Norman. It's two hours away. And she goes, Dad, I'm 18 years old. I said, I know. But you know what? Why do I want her to text me? Not because I'm worried about her, because that helps my flow. See, you got to understand your flow, and, you, and see, then you, you take the shift. You guys are moving. Did you know that? See, some of you guys, I need to tell you because they may not tell you, and then you'll show up here on Sunday and say, where did everyone go? It's like when you were a kid and your family moved and didn't tell you where they went. You got issues. But see, but, but you know what? You're about to move, and you're going to move to, I went yesterday. Yesterday. I walked around that building. Okay. I, I, I have to tell you, I have a jealousy issue in my life. And I'm walking around going, no, this is awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. You guys are so blessed. Shoot. But I'm here to tell you. But I'm here to tell you, there is a shift that's happening in your life. Take this personally. The shift, is, it resembles the shift in this church. I talked to your pastors yesterday that that, that, that property is bigger, right? You've got to be bigger. You've got to be bigger. Very little of how you do things now are going to translate in the shift. And you know what? There's a part of our old man that hates change. We're changing everything. You go find a church that doesn't change. And, and I'll tell you, that church is dead. It's not dying. Things that are dying still change a little bit. They turn brown. They, riv- they shrivel up. But once they stop changing, they're dead. And see, that's hard. Because we old guys, we don't, no, I don't like change. I want, I, where's my toothbrush? She said, I put it in your drawer. I don't put it in that drawer. Dang it. These people. <laughs> Leave my stuff alone. You know what I'm saying? But see, things change. And then you get young guys. You get people that don't trust barbers playing the drums, and you get, you get all this stuff. You get, you get stuff, and you got to deal with it. And you get, it's changing. It's, but you know what? That's none of your concern. Your concern is you getting your, your frame and your carcass in that left lane. You know why? So you can live. You stay in the right lane, you're going to die. I'm just telling you. You're going to be so concerned with all the traffic and all the congestion, people, people cutting in front of you. Man, in that left lane, I'll tell you how I drive in the left lane. Man, if somebody's in front of me and they're going a little slower than me, I roll right up on them. My wife says, Bill, what, what are you doing? I said, I am letting them know that they're in my flow and they're in my lane and they got to get out the way. 
But listen, listen, and I say that facetiously, but I'm telling you spiritually, that's how you have to be. Man, you've got to be in a place where you're aggressive and you're tenacious and you live your life with such a passion that you're, you're going somewhere. And let me tell you, people will want to follow you then. If you're plugging along, you're taking, a, you're, you're taking the scenic route. Man, you want to experience every little. No, this isn't about you anymore, son. As soon as you wake up and smell the piping hot coffee and realize it's about them, all th- everything's going to work out in your life. But see, I'm telling you, most people don't get that. Most people are, what about me? What about what I like? What, man, why don't we play any country music here? Why don't we? Let me just tell you, whatever it is that's a bird in your saddle, it's because you're in the right lane. You've got to get out of the right lane and get in the left lane because there's a shift that's happened. And you think about that new property. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you go over there today and you walk around it. Because I'm telling you, God's going to give you a wow moment. And let me tell you, a church that, that, you, that you drive to and your first thought is wow, let me just help you. What I realized, you cannot do it here. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of here as fast as you can. You know what I realized? Because you can change the world from there. See, you say, well, you don't think we can change? What are you limiting? You can't change the world from here? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why, why do you want to shift? Why do you have to go over there? Why is this going to require change? Because you gotta, we got to change the world. We're asking the world to change, and in order to change the world, you know what we have to do? We have to change the church. And to change the church, i got to change my attitudes. My taste has to change. Do you hear me? People eat differently now than they did in the 70s. Man, the answer is yes, if ever fried chicken is a part of the question. I went and had a physical. They said, how often do you eat red meat? I said, what are you talking about? Well, how, often, how many times a week do you eat red meat? I said, three times a day. What are you... What are you you kidding me? And they did all these tests. They said, you can have red meat every 17 days. Yeah, that's what I said. What? (laughs) Stupid idiot. I paid thousands of dollars for that. They said, yeah, you want to be healthy? You want to, and this is the, this is the word, this nutritious use. You want to be, you want to win the race you're running? Man, then they, they took me, and I had an echocardiogram, but they showed me the muscles around my heart. I said, man, your heart's great. Your arteries and your veins are all wide open. But there's a, a muscle around your heart that is swelled. It's having to work too hard. And it's tension and it's stress. And that red meat is feeding that along with what you have to do for a living. you got to get smarter. And you know what that doctor told me? you got to get in your lane. I thought, that's my line. No, for real. That's my verbiage. That's what I talk about. He said, you got to, but he's talking my language. And you know what? I realized that that was an angel. God was using him to speak to me. So we go to dinner last night after I preached. It was good too, wasn't it? Huh? It's pretty much about the best message you ever heard in this building, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's my little love child right there. But you know what? Hey, what do you get here? You know what the waiter said? Burgers. Best burger in town right here. You know what I love? I love burgers. I'm a burger fool. 
I can eat a burger right now. I'm not even hungry. And the, I said, oh, really? Yeah. Give me the chicken. Why, you don't want a burger? I said, give me the chicken. Because there's been a shift. Because I get a muscle around my heart that had to work too hard because of the stress that I, that I had in my life. And you know what? So now there's a shift. There's a stress. There's something that's happening right now in the atmosphere of this community. See, that's what we have to realize. Everything is about the atmosphere. Everything is. Man, we'll think, well, it's, a, it's our style. It's, it's our type. No, it's the atmosphere. It's our culture. Man, we, 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 just the simple move. You guys that are working on that building, you know what you're doing? You're changing the atmosphere in the community. Man, you think about right here. I don't really know what this part of town is, but I, I stayed at a hotel last night in that part of town. I walked around last night and just looked around because I thought, I got to get a feel for this because tur- you get turned around. Everything going in circles and stuff. And so I was just walking. I was looking, and I thought about this because we talked at dinner, and I was, I was curious to see if I was right. I said, everything in that part of town feels like it's built for big. It's arenas, and it's conference centers, and it's, it's all this stuff, and there, there's hotels moving in there. They're building hotels. Why would you build a hotel because there's attractions there, because people want to be there. And let me tell you what church growth is all about. Church growth is like duck hunting. You ever been duck hunting? What somebody over there does? Get away from me. You got some, please, you're invading my space. <laughs> no, church growth's like duck hunting. You got to be where they want to be. Well, let me tell you, I don't know. They may be building hotels around right here. But I know they're building hotels over there. People, they're, they're planning on waves of people coming. And that's the word that I have for you today. This isn't just about church growth and onesie, twosies, and more people. I'm telling you what you're going to experience in that new building, that new property, are waves of people. And I can say that because I've experienced it. I've experienced, listen, 600 people visiting the church and staying all in the same couple weeks. I've experienced that. It's like, well, man, if one person gets saved, I have never said that. I will never say that because it's waves of people. You guys are going to experience waves. Your church is going to be rebranded in this area, and you don't have anything to say about it. It's just going to happen. You know why? There's a shift Things are bigger there. You got to be bigger. Your hope's got to be bigger. Your trust has got to be bigger. Your reach has got to be bigger. Your intellect's got to be bigger. You got to start reading. Man, you got to be well read. There's going to be intelligent people that are going to come into your church. And you know what? If we're just walking around saying, golly, we don't know how all this happened, they're going to think, man, hey, that's a sweet group of people, but I got to go find my people. Man, let intelligence factor into this. Don't, man, you've got you've to pray. When he said you've got to get in the Word every day, you've got to get in the Word as many times as you eat. You get by a Snickers, you sit in your truck and eat it and read your Bible. Man, every snack that you have, every meal that you have, man, you stop and get an ice cream, man, you read a psalm. Whatever you've got to do to get as much of that in you as you can because that's what's going to prevail and that's what's going to work. But you've got to get in the left lane. 
you got to understand that everything is changing. And, and let me explain this. It isn't about to change. That's how our senses want to want to approach it. Our, our senses want to approach that everything. But what, what happened? Let me ask you this. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus and her cousin was pregnant, what happened? What happened when they got together? That baby leapt. Your baby isn't born yet over there. But I'm telling you, there's something that's lepting in me. Man, there's something in me right now where I'm like, shoot. I want to get my hands on this. I want to go over there right now. I'm not kidding you. Let's get that floor stained, man. Let's get that ceiling painted. Let's get those, the walls put up. Man, let's get new. You can't take your old parking cones over there. Man, you need, you need sound coming from that. Man, you need, man, they'll say, well, they, they restrict you on what kind of sign you can put up. Let them. We're not here. We're here for the atmosphere. Let's change the environment. Let's change the atmosphere. And you know what? Then, let, then we can change the world. Man, you think, about, you think about parking lots full of Harleys that are in there. Man, they want a place to go. You guys, you guys think, this is not funny to me. I'm telling you, these things work. We started our church. We had 700 people coming to our church, and we were two years old. And a guy comes up to me and said, I've been looking for this place for two or three weeks. I said, man, well, it's awesome. You're here now. Come on in. Well, you ought to put up a sign or something. I thought, that is a great idea. <laughs> and we put a sign up. Then I walked out, and this guy comes and says, uh, hey, I was, I was here last week, but I didn't come in. I said, well, why not, man? I got a seat for you if you need one. Or He goes, no, man, I'd have to park my Harley back by the creek over there in the gravel because the parking lot was packed when I got here, and I got here 20 minutes early. I said, yeah, I know. He said, I don't want to park it in the bar across the street because then my neighbors who are driving by will probably tell my wife, and she'll think I'm over at the tavern, and, and I, I really was, so I just left, and I, I came in my truck, I said, well, did you come earlier today? He said, no, I came in my truck, and you know what I thought? I'm going to put up some signs that say Harley parking right here on the front row. Man, the next week, there were two or three bikes. I thought, oh my gosh, it's cool. It might be working. The second Sunday night was, was, was stacked. It was a, a line. There were 70 or 80 bikes Man, they were too deep in those parking places. I'm like, I made room for them, and they filled up. Just Harley parking, just simple things like that. You know what happened then? Oh, that's that biker church. <laughs> we put up Harley parking signs, and we became the biker church. But you know what happened? Man, ministry into all these little islands opened up for us. Why? Because of the shift. Because we got in the left lane. Because we got on the offensive. Man, we get, you get on the offense? Man, I'll tell you, you're not playing defensively all the time? Man, you think about the playbook of this church? Man, most of you guys use one or two pages of it. Man, it's got a thick playbook that can help you win in life. And Man, but, it, but you got you, you, you to gotta just buy in. You got to go all in. You got you, you to gotta go all out. It with, you gotta, man, you got to go get a first down. See, that's what, that's what this new building is going to do for you. It's going to give you a fresh set of downs. It's going to give you a first down over there. You're not going to score there, but it's going to give you a first down. It's going to give you a first down in your life. You're going to have family people. You're going to have friends. They're going to open the door for you, and they're going to say, 
Do you go to that church that's over there? What is going on at that church? They bought that building? How much did they pay for that building? Man, what's up? Man, what, how, much, how much money? What's that, what's that pastor drive? What's that? All these things are going to start coming up. Man, they're going to start talking, but they're going to be bringing it up. And you know what I want? I want to be what they discuss. I don't care what they've got to say. I want them talking about me. I want to be a part of the equation. I want to be a part of the discussion. Man, you get them talking. You get them, you get them hearing that knock on that door. Oh, my gosh. What is that? And they walk over to the door, and they open it and look out, and it's Jesus standing at the door knocking. They're like, what do you want? I want everything. It's not going to cost you anything, but I'm going to demand everything. You want to go? Why don't you come follow me? And you know what? Those people will do it. Man, it's going to give you, this is going to give you such an incredible, effective door of ministry, but you have to be ready for it. If you're not ready for it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go on the defensive. And you know what? You can't score when you're on the defensive. You can't get first downs if you're on the defensive. You've got to, get, you've got to go on the offense. And then what do you got to do? You can't throw interceptions. You can't fumble. You can't turn it over. Man, you have to have ball security. Man, you've got to, you got, you got to understand that you get, you get this amount of the, – the, you a Seahawk fan, sir? What are – yeah. You got a lot of long sleeve shirts too, don't you? <laughs> no, you're a Jet fan. The, the Jets, who do they play today? They play the Raiders. They're going to win. Okay? Because they're playing the Raiders. But they're not going to beat the Raiders because they score more points. They're going to beat the Raiders because they have more possessions. It's all about possessions. There's 52 Sundays a year. I don't want to fumble any of them. And see, here's what happens. The Jets are going to have 16 possessions today. The Raiders are going to have 16 possessions. That's how it's going to work out. So whoever throws some interceptions and fumbles some balls or has some stupid penalties and have to go three and out and punt, man, you know what? That cuts down on the possessions. So if the, if the Raiders have three turnovers and the Jets have no turnovers, that means the Jets now have 19 possessions and the Raiders have 13, or 13 possessions, Right? You give me six more possessions, I'm going to win. Man, they're giving, me, they're giving you a head start. See, the, the, the bottom line with that is, is we don't give head starts anymore. We lap them now. Anytime the devil fumbles, which is what he's going to do, we scoop it and go. And see, why? We're not playing defense anymore. That ball's in the ground. What are we now? Man, we're going to the offense. What are we going to do? We're going to scoop and score. That's what we're going to do. And that's the game plan that you have to have moving into this building. You got to scoop and score, man. It's time to go. Every person in here that is a core member of this church, look at yourself and say, God, I thank you for the eight people you're holding me responsible for. And you're calling them. And you're texting them. You're sending them scripture. And they get, you're thinking, man, they're getting sick of it. So what? And then you're calling them and you're texting them. You're sending them scripture. You're, you're rolling by their house and you're saying, hey, how many seats do you need Sunday? And they're like, I don't even know if I'm going to go. I know, but I'm going to make sure. How many, if you came, how many seats would you need? How many would you need? You need four. Okay, I'll have four seats for you. You want coffee? Okay, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have four seats for you and coffee on Sunday. And you know what? Please, I'd, I'd love for you to be our guest. 
Man, and then now, you know what they've got to do? They've got to deal with it. And then, otherwise, it's like, hey, you want to go to church? No. How come? I don't like church. People, this is the last thing I'm going to say. i got a lot more to say, but this is the last thing I'm going to say. Hopefully. The people that like church are in church. The people that don't like church are out there. We have to think about those people. Why don't they like church? Because no one's valuing them. What are my core values again? Honor. I'm going to honor you. How many seats do you need? How many seats will you need, sir? You need six? Okay. Do you want to be in the, I, I can get them in the back. I, don't, I know you probably don't want to be on the front row, but you want to be in the middle? You want an aisle too, right? Because you anchor yourself on an aisle, I see. Okay, I'll have six seats. I'll have an aisle seat for you. Sunday, which service do you want to come to? Matter of fact, don't worry about it. I'll have it whatever service. And people think, who are these people? See, now what we've done, do you guys ever see the dog whisperer? Huh? That's all we've done right there. They're like, what, what just happened? I'm not growling anymore. I'm not, I don't want to say no anymore. These people, these people, man, he's so gracious. No, he honored them. Man, you honor people? Man, what's your, I thought, okay, okay, I'll be, I'll go. Shoot. Man, they come in here. Man, they got people hitting wrong keys and wrong symbols and not hitting notes. They're like, well, nice try. No, you know what? You got to be so much better than you've ever been because there's been a shift. Come on, give God a hand. Thank him for Pastor Bill.